2: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host Rachel Weeks, and today we have a special guest. It's What's Craig up, Blanchett. It's Craig.
3: I'm Craig Blanchett, Mr. Infect, and uh, yeah, here to talk about paradox of
2: power. A paradox power, paradox power precon upgrade guide from Doctor Who. This is one of the new four pre-cons that are based in the doctor who world all of the cards in them have doctor who characters or their reprints of cards with flavorful doctor who art on them um craig you're upgrading this deck for a very special reason
3: yes so i am on the game knights that uh, plays this deck and yeah. uh it's a fun deck i will definitely give it that
2: it is... You know what? Teamer decks are always like Agreed. this. They're always a little Agreed. wily. Yep. Green, blue, and red combined to make this r- crazy engine. So... This, I still call
3: it rug. Is that is that a thing? I don't know. Does don't, that make me a
2: modern player? I don't know. It puts the blue between the like the red and the green. I know. <laughs> so it's like out of order for <laughs> Woober. That's fair. Yep. I, I think it makes you old, but you know, <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> That's true. Okay.
3: Okay. We've established what it makes
2: me. <laughs> We are going to go over the stats of what's in this deck if you buy it off the shelf, and then we're going to talk about ten cards that you can add to get it into fighting shape, and of course the ten cards you can take out to make room for them. Uh, but before we do that, if you want to pick up any of the cards that we talk about in this episode, go over to cardkingdom.com/command. Card Kingdom has a great selection of singles and sealed product. They're a great place to pick up this Doctor Who precon and all of the. Doctor Who Precons behind me. uh, Or just pick up the singles that speak to you. There's some really wacky designs in this set. And there's sure to be some strange new tech for one of your decks, whether you're a Doctor Who fan or not. Card Kingdom is who we trust when we pick up singles because you can order all of the cards you're looking for in one place and they will ship it to you professionally and quickly and make sure that you get all of the cards you're looking for in the condition, in the printing that you are looking for them and they will arrive in one safe package on your doorstep. You No more chasing down envelopes through the mail. Again, support the show and pick up some cool magic cards at cardkingdom.com command. Once you have those magic cards in your hand, you're going to need to protect them. You're going to need to keep them looking sweet and cool. Go to ultrapro.com command. Ultra Pro has some of the best magic accessories in the business. They've got high quality playmats and deck boxes, sleeves, binders, dice, everything that you need need to be a magic player with a bangin' collection. (laughs) (laughs) They have the officially licensed magic arts, so you can always get like the coolest art from each set on the product that you're looking for. I'm a huge nerd for magic art and I'm always scoping the ultra pro website to see if the art I'm obsessed with is on a play mat. Uh, and my collection grows ever larger all the time. You can support the show and get some cool accessories to keep your cards looking cool and safe over at ultra slash command. The final way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. Our patrons are the lifeblood of this show. You pay our staff. You make sure these videos happen. Plus, you get some sweet perks for doing it. You get to access to extra turns and game nights a full day early. So no spoilers for you. You'll be the first to see those games. Plus, you get access to exclusive content like Turn Talk, which is a conversation we have. After every game. Plus, we shout out one lucky patron every single podcast episode. And this one is dedicated to Tyson, Tyson Jenny. You rock. Indeed. All right, let's get into it. We are going to upgrade the Paradox Power Precon, and we can't upgrade anything until we get to know this deck. It's true. So we're going to start by meeting the potential commanders that could go in the command zone for this deck. Uh, Craig, you know that this section is normally fairly straightforward But Doctor Who made it extremely complicated. Very complicated. There
3: are are a lot of combinations. Of
2: Doctors with this companion, or it could be this Doctor with this companion, or there's this Legendary that's also an option. We're just going to talk about the ones that are the most relevant to the deck out of the box as we know it. Yeah. Starting, of course, with the Face Commander.
3: Yep. Very cool concept. Very hard to wrap the head around. So the first doctor, or the 13th doctor, is the first card. It's one a blue and a green for a 2-2 Time Lord Doctor. The Time Lord actually does uh, play a role in this in these decks. Uh, it has the abilities Paradox. Whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. Then it has the ability Team Tardis. At the beginning of your end step, untap each creature you control with a counter on it.
2: Okay. Uh, and this one goes with the companion out of the box, which is Yasmin Khan. Three in yep. a red for a human detective. She's a 3-3 with an activated ability that says, Exile the top card of your library until the next end step. You may play it. Of course, Yasmin has Doctor's Companion, which means she can be paired with any of the doctors in this box or others. They just need to have the creature type Time Lord Doctor Exactly. Exactly. No changeling stuff mm, you maniacs. None
3: of, none of that on these.
2: So this is the out of the box companion's like a uh, combo yep. and it represents a real engine.
3: Oh, totally. I mean it has card draw. It has, you know, a card advantage. It has untap so you have essentially ramp. It has buff. I mean it it is all in one in engine.
2: Yeah. It's uh, the 13th Doctor says, Whenever you cast a spell from exile, counter. And Yasmin says, Oh, here, are you, here's some spells that you can cast from exile. I'll take a counter, please, so I can untap and draw another card. Um, this is great. This is a great value engine for any precon, which we like to have just sort of generic good stuff uh, in the command zone to support the 99.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's an interesting build around, and it's not as broken as, say, like Corvold or anything like that, but it yeah. does give you. All of those benefits, uh, yeah. but in a different package, which, you know, in rug is cool.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> it sounded good that time. Yeah. No, you. it was good. All right. All right, all right. Uh, it's I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> the second doctor and companion combo that you could run out of the box here is with the 12th doctor. This is one of my favorite doctors. Uh, he is super cool. Uh, three guitar. Yeah, yeah, obviously that makes him cool. That's pretty cool. I just like that he has demonstrate. Uh, he's got he's three, <laughs> three red and a blue five mana all together for a four four time lord doctor. It says the first spell you cast from anywhere other than your hand, each turn has demonstrate. If you weren't around for Strixhaven, that means whenever you cast that spell, you may copy it. If you do choose an opponent to also copy it, a copy of a permanent becomes a token. And then whenever you copy a spell, put a plus one plus one counter on the 12th doctor. Uh, So that's a lot, but anytime. So if you cast a spell from exile, uh, the doctor says, Hey, do you want two copies of that? You can give one to your opponent. So if you cast a talisman, you get two talismans and an opponent gets a talisman. That so, is very cool. It's pretty sweet, right? Yeah. It's a little bit of group hug, but you also get something back for your generosity.
3: There is no better indication of how perfect you are for the keg and for <laughs> everything that you're like, it has demonstrate. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love no, it's it. It's such a fantastic, I agree. <laughs> it's such a fantastic uh, addition to Commander. Yeah. Uh, Commander obviously takes full, full. Uh, you know, uh, advantage of it Mm -hmm. um but i do yeah i think that's fun because you can play friends Mm -hmm. which sometimes can be very helpful
2: yeah and then if you're you know like like, josh is like if josh is getting ahead then you can be like craig i'll give you a talisman (laughs) if you just hit josh with everything i won't touch you don't worry about it you're like yeah yeah no (laughs) doubt. that makes sense yeah yeah. (laughs) the companion that goes with the 12th doctor is clara oswald she is a six mana two six it says if clara oswald is your commander. Uh, choose a color before the game begins. Clara Oswald is the chosen color. If a triggered ability of a doctor you control triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. She too has Doctor's Companion. Of course, with the 12th doctor, you'd need her to be green in order to play this deck out of the box. Clara is awesome. I think she's like going to be the most popular Doctor's Companion. I agree, she's yeah. not great with the 12th doctor because the only triggered ability it has is whenever you copy a spell put a plus one counter on the 12th doctor not the best but you can't copy the demonstrate ability which is kind of the cool part um but it allows you to play it right out of the box yeah the demonstrate thing if you that if you're into the 12th doctor's ability like i am
3: yeah i agree but they definitely, Clara definitely offers uh, a lot of flexibility and a lot of decks because of the Choose the color, which is very cool. For sure. So
2: yeah. you could you could actually pair her with the 13th Doctor as well if you want to double up on those triggered abilities and find other ways to cast from exile. Uh, up next is another Doctor and Companion combo. Do you want to introduce this lady? Yeah,
3: the Fugitive Doctor. So three a red and a green for a 4-4 four four Time Lord Doctor. When the Fugitive Doctor enters the battlefield, investigate. Whenever the Fugitive Doctor attacks, you may sacrifice a clue. When you do, target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard, gains flashback to a red and a green until end of turn.
2: Interesting. Okay, there's a lot going on here. Yep. You need clues, you need to attack, and then you can cast an instant or sorcery with flashback. Seems good if there's like a lot of big instants and sorceries in the deck. Or a lot of ways to like loot stuff into the graveyard.
3: Oh, totally. Yeah. There are definitely decks that would use this in, uh, in a lot of ways.
2: The companion you would have to play with the Fugitive Doctor to, I uh, you could pay, play Clara, I suppose, but you could also play Nardol, resourceful cyborg. I love this guy. Yeah, a great name. He's one and a blue for a scientist. He's a one-two with an activated ability that says, add blue for each counter on Nardol. Spend this mana only to cast non-creature spells. He also has Undying. Uh, So if you have ways to put counters on him, he taps for more and more each turn, but only to cast non-creature spells. So not great with a Fugitive Doctor. You could use it to pay some of the flashback ability, And you'd have to find other ways to get counters on him, but they both care about like instance and sorcery type stuff.
3: Yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, I think all these companions, just the 13th doctor really works well with the
2: companions. Yeah. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to shake the 13th doctor out of the command zone of this deck because we know how this deck works. I want to go through one more partner. This is a partner with combo. These two only go together uh, that you could play them out of the box. Uh, and that's Jenny Flint and Madame Vastra. Uh, Jenny Flint is one blue and a red for a human detective with partner with Madame Vastra. She's a tutu with first strike and training. Training says whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a plus one counter on this creature. I would assume Madame Vostra is her trainer. Uh, whenever you sacrifice a clue or a food, put a plus one counter on another target creature you control. Okay, so you can buff up whatever other creatures and that creature will in turn buff Jenny. Madame Vostra says she must be blocked if able and whenever a creature dealt damage by Madame Vostra, this turn dies, create a clue and a food. That seems cool. Yeah. So this is like a food clue plus one plus one counter deck. Yep. Academy
3: Manufacturer is just going to go nuts in this.
2: Yeah. I mean, you make two, so you'd make make six six. with an Academy Manufacturer. Yeah. And Madame Bostra, like, it it has a lure built into her. So, like, not a lure effect fully, just you you only have to block her with one thing. Right. But it hypothetically clears the way for Jenny to deal damage. Totally. So it's sort of this one-two punch. Yep. Trample,
3: death touch, all that. Okay. Jazz, yep.
2: We will see how supported these two are. They do seem to be doing something different than all the other doctors. It's worth noting that, like, all of these are kind of doing something different.
3: They're very much so. I mean, again, the amount of combinations that you can do are very interesting. And I like how each one of these also, I mean, again, the 13th doctor just really takes advantage of all of these cards that we've talked about.
2: Yeah, it, it just has enough generic value to really like sew up all of these various abilities that we're looking at. Totally. Um, but let's break down this deck. I want to talk about what uh, it comes with. We like to split up the the deck to find out um, how healthy the deck is, how well-constructed it is. so you know what time it is. It's time to talk about the... <laughs> Stats good one All
3: this right. one's got some good stats it does have i like some it
2: healthy healthy stats agreed. on it so how much ramp is in this deck teamer 16 wow yeah so it's almost like a land deck 16's a lot it's a lot uh it's a teamer deck it is going to be mana hungry we know it's doing like cast from exile stuff so it wants to have be able to cast those things yeah but 16 is a very strong number of yes. ramp cards agreed uh, this next one is card advantage, uh, card draw. Uh, there are 17 pieces in this deck, including Yasmin, if you keep her in the command zone, which, which is very impressive.
3: Yeah, that seventeen's a lot. Is that the most that we've ever seen?
2: It's uh, close to. I don't know all of, all of the exact stats. I should I should have a full break. like should be a huge chart of all of the deck stats from me through the years. Maybe yeah. I'll be doing some math after this. I'll be doing some ju- 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 ju stats. The next category is targeted interaction, which this deck is a little low on.
3: Yeah, eight seems a little bit not on the high side. I, yeah. It's kind of, it's more what I would play.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I actually like, saw that and thought,
3: yeah, that's a little high. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's like so many stats what? dedicated. Why? why aren't you building a, a, a stronger deck? Just play another cool thing. Exactly. I don't understand what? why you'd remove something. Yeah, eight is definitely low compared to these other Doctor Precons. It's pretty close to what I play. I like to run like 10 pieces of, of targeted interaction, which includes graveyard exiling and targeted creature removal, and you want to be able to hit all of the permanents, you know? Yeah, Um makes sense. The next one is quite low, but maybe yes. this is your favorite number. I mean, it cats. is
3: board wipes one. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you don't need
2: it. Your stuff's bigger than theirs.
3: I, I will say this one is is low.
2: Yeah, I one is definitely two low. Is fine. <laughs> but
3: uh, but I enjoyed seeing this. <laughs>
2: And in this deck there are 36 lands, which is about a little lower than what we've come to expect from precons. They tend to live at 37, 38, yep. um, but it has across the board been 36 with the exception of one of these Doctor Who decks. So it does have 11 basic lands in it, which is pretty low. That is for low. a pre-con. That means there's 25 non-basic lands in this deck.
3: Hopefully some good reprints. I don't know. They, we'll find yeah, out. We'll see. They we haven't could. been good about that in the past, but... Whatever. I
2: like it. I, I've been fairly impressed with the mana bases on these Doctor Who decks, so I'm... Uh, hopeful for that yeah Okay. Uh, uh, the next category is
3: cast not from hand
2: yeah we want it so this is a theme amongst a couple of the doctors is like whenever you cast something that's either from the top of your library or your graveyard or from exile something happens so I wanted to see how well supported that is overall so that this next stat represents that cool 26 that's a lot pretty good that's what we want for a deck that like when it's themed around something when it
3: wants to do that thing yeah right
2: 25 to 30 Yep. and 26 hits that mark for us it also has 11 cards that care about you casting from not your hand
3: i always mix the two yeah. and i always make like 20
0: things that <laughs> care
2: about that's and then the like, nightmare that's not you're what like, you're supposed Man, to do if i draw an opt this is gonna go nuts, <laughs> nuts. i just need a single instant or source one
3: cantrip come on <laughs> There's 10 in here, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah like 11 that care about it. And then 26 that do the thing. That's the right combination, you know, yeah. and uh, we're going to play with that a little bit, but that's kind of in the general area of where you want to start.
2: This next category is just plus one, plus one counters cards. That's uh, relevant on a couple of the doctors that we looked at. Yep. There are 13 plus one, plus one counter cards in the deck, and that's creatures that have that make counters in some way. Right. Either they go on themselves or they put them on others. They create the counters themselves. Yep. So a little bit low to call it a theme, but it is just something that shows up in the deck. Yeah. This next stat is just tap abilities. I wanted to see how valuable the untap is. Like, is it just giving your creatures vigilance or is it letting you reuse tap abilities multiple times? Sure. What exactly, like how powerful is the 13th Doctor's ability? And there's only four tap abilities in the deck.
3: I think that makes sense because it untaps creatures and the creatures still have summoning sickness the turn they come out. So I mean, you're really not taking advantage of it until the second turn. Yeah. So I think starting with four is actually a good number.
2: Yeah, it just means that like this untap is mostly a defensive thing rather yep. than like a value thing, at least out of the box. Yeah, and with big chunky blockers makes a lot of sense. It's pretty good. Yep. It means you're not getting hit. <laughs> We've seen a couple of commanders that care about clues or food or like treasure tokens and I wanted to see if that's a viable theme in sure. this deck. And it's not. There's only 8 cards in the deck that make them um and most of those are like when they enter the battlefield, they make one which, yep. it just isn't quite enough to really so a like I wouldn't say that Jenny and Madame Vostra are quite as supported as they could be right finally there is some spells matter stuff going on in the deck there are 21 instance and sorceries in the deck and 12 cards that care about instance and sorceries so this was more looking to see what the fugitive doctor was doing and if yep. that was going to be a valuable addition to right. it Uh, And what I found out when I was looking at these instants and sorceries is that basically, like, most of them cost around four, so you're not really mana cheating with her ability, which is really what I think you want to be doing. Oh, 100%, yeah. So that means that, like, after looking at the stats, after looking at all of these commanders, this was a fairly straightforward decision as to what goes in the command zone.
3: It seems pretty straightforward to me as well.
2: Yeah, the 13th Doctor and Yasmin Khan are a really strong value engine, just right out of the gate. And um, the deck supports the uh, cast from Not Your Hand theme the best. Uh, so I could see doing the 13th Doctor, or maybe if you really like the 12th Doctor and uh, Clara, you could do that one as well. But I think the 13th Doctor is what we're doing
3: today. I mean, the 13th with the Yasmin is you get that card advantage, you get that buff, you get that ability. which, you know, we're recommending 10 cards to add, but you mm-hmm. can add more than that. There are a lot of mana value creatures that as you add plus one, plus one counters to them, do a lot of, you know, crazy mana things mm-hmm. that... Uh, yeah, this this combination just seems like a no brainer. There's a lot of value there, and a lot of directions you could go.
2: Well, speaking of value, excellent transition. <laughs> 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 we are going to talk about the reprint value of this precon. We've talked about what the deck does mechanically. Let's talk about it financially. Um, we have a couple of caveats, as always, going into this reprint value conversation. The Monetary values that we are talking about today only represent the reprints, uh, which there's 38 reprints in the deck. So it is not representing the 51 new cards in the deck, which represent the majority of the cards in the deck. Um, And all of these numbers are taken at time of recording, which is well before any of this stuff gets spoiled. The reprint values will go down because that's what happens when cards get reprinted. Uh, Things change as time moves on. Uh, but we'll see you in the in the future, Doctor Who fans. That's my that's my time travel sound.
3: I can hear it behind us. Yeah, I'm going to do that for the rest. Of I the just episode. thought that was happening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the retail value, like what what you're going to pay for this off the shelf, it has been fluctuating wildly this year. It It is really hard to know what a pre-con costs these days. Um, So what we're doing is we're just taking the price at pre pre pre-order before any of the lists are spoiled. So this is just the base price that you can buy them for without knowing what's in the box. And that is currently around $50 for each of the decks. Um, So all of the numbers that all of the math that we're doing is based on buying the box at $50. All of that out of the way, the total reprint value for this deck is
3: Hmm. $94.42. A little low. It is a little low. I have thoughts on that after, though.
2: Yeah, so we look at the $94, and typically we're happy if we're over $100, but those are decks that have you know, 70 reprints in them, right. not the 40. So the $94 number isn't super clear on on like how good this is in terms of reprints. Um, so I did a little bit more math to sort of help understand that number a little bit better. Um, starting with this bang for your buck thing I've been doing. If you've been watching the budget upgrade guides, I've been taking the total reprint value and dividing it by... The price that you pay it off the shelf. So in this case, fifty dollars. To find out how like how much value of reprint you are getting uh, for every one American dollar that you spend. Sure. Because we've had so many precons that are cost different things uh, and thus have different reprint values. So uh, the bang for your buck from March of the machine was $2.42 of reprint value per every $1 cash that you spend. The Lord of the Rings bang for your buck value was $2.53 on average. Commander Masters was at $1.90 per reprint value per dollar cash, which was sort of famously low. Uh, Wilds of Eldraine was $2.82 of reprint value for every $1 cash that you spend. We were very happy with the reprint value in the Wilds of Eldraine decks. That being said, if you pre-order the Paradox Power deck at $50, it represents $1.89 of reprint value per $1 cash. That's worse than Commander Masters. It's worse than Commander Masters, yeah. But. Yeah, that's the thing, is like, but we're still comparing like a 70 reprint deck to a 40 reprint deck, which just can't really be, they're sort of apples and oranges. One of the things that
3: people really look forward to in these sets is the new cards,
2: Right. And that represents over half the deck in this case. Right. So it's going to be hard for like for this number to mean something. So what I wanted to check is just the average quality of every individual reprint in the card in the deck. So there's like I took the the total reprint value and I divided it by the number of reprints in the deck sure. to find out like if you if you closed your eyes and you pulled a random reprint out of a deck, what is the average? price like what is the average price of that card cool so it'll determine some kind of quality of reprint yeah and for march of the machines the quality of reprint the average individual reprint value was a dollar and 38 cents for lord of the rings it was two dollars and 38 cents commander masters it was two dollars and five cents for wilds of eldraine it was one dollar and 90 cents and paradox power was two dollars and 48 cents so what well, that, that says... That flips everything on its head. Is that the quality of the reprints in this deck are actually quite good. They're better than any of the other precons that were printed this year.
3: It does set it ahead of all of the others.
2: Yeah, and that includes Commander Masters, which had a very high quality of reprint. Just the boxes were too expensive. Yeah, right. So what that says is like the 38 cards in this deck are reprints that are desirable. It's just not necessarily uh, a lot of them.
3: Sure. Which so, actually makes a lot of sense. That sounds like a better path.
2: Yeah. So that being said, uh, let's talk about the notable reprints in the deck. We're going to talk about all of the cards that are worth five dollars or more, and a lot of them are lands. Yay! Yay. Agreed. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Untapped duels. Uh,
3: There's a few of them too.
2: There's more than usual. Yeah, I'm really happy with these. Yeah. Uh, we're going to run through them pretty quick. But like we said, most of them are lands yep
3: so storm carved coast it's a lamb storm carved coast enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands taps for a blue or a red
2: yeah so the slow cycle was reprinted in these as well as fiery islet which is a blue red land that says tap pay one life add blue or red and one sacrifice fiery islet draw card we call these the horizon lands those are in this Deck Stormcarp well.
3: Coast is sixteen dollars, Fiery Islet is ten dollars at the time of this recording.
2: Yes. Good call. That's the important part. This next <laughs> one's exciting. I love this card. Carpet of Flowers. Yeah. It's one
3: green for an enchantment at the beginning of each of your main phases. If you c- haven't added mana with this ability once this turn, you may add one mana of any one color where X is the number of islands your opponents control.
2: So if your opponent has three al- islands, you make three mana of any color that you'd like on either your first main phase or your second main phase. Very powerful for a single green. This is a CEDH staple. I It used to guy. be. Uh, I mean, it's eventually great. In a g- pre-con, this is awesome. In a
3: pre-con, it's amazing. And eventually you're going to face a mono-blue commander and that's when it's...
2: Yeah, and uh, it's, it'll awesome. blow the doors off your deck. Yep. And this is sitting at $10 right now. Very high quality reprint. Uh, this next one is Dream Root Cascade. This is the green-blue slow land. Followed by Cursed Mirror, which is an artifact for two in a red. It adds red. When it enters the battlefield, you may have it become a copy of a creature on the battlefield until end of turn, except it has haste. Little temporary clone, a little mana rock for your trouble.
3: Awesome card. Uh, great three mana rock. Dream Root Cascade is 850. Cursed Mirror is 550 at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Then we also have Rootbound Craig, uh, ah. which is uh, 550 at the time of recording. And Rootbound Craig enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a mountain or a forest tap to add a red or a green to your mana pool great card i love this card
2: five dollars and fifty cents we've got six reprints over five dollars uh all of them except two are lands and we they love all... we stand an untapped precon mana base
3: we do yes it's amazing they also all have individual art which is uh doctor who themed which is very very cool
2: yeah All right, we've talked about the most expensive cards in the deck. Let's talk about the ones that when you draw them, you're like, ooh, my engine is online. They are all power. You are excited to have them in your hand.
3: Yep. This one's amazing. Bigger on the inside. It's an enchantment aura for three, a red, and a green. Enchant artifact or land. Enchanted permanent has tap. Target player adds two mana of any one color. The next spell they cast this turn has cascade.
2: I like this card a lot.
3: I bet you do because you love giving other people things. You
2: don't give other people. <sighs> things. You can. Oh, you, can you give can. it to other people. <gasps> Target player. Yeah,
3: that's sweet. It's even better. It's even more Rachel now.
2: Yeah, it is bigger on the inside. <laughs> it's a I, very cool card. I think this card's sweet. I mean, it's it's expensive for ramp, but the fact that it gives you like a free spell every turn if you get to keep that thing. Oh, Cascade
3: is huge on yeah. that. Two mana plus whatever you cast as Cascade because. You know, you're. There are a lot of ways to make this uh, deck a high mana value deck, mm-hmm. uh, and that just gives you incredible value.
2: I would say that you really want to. You can. It's enchant artifact or land. You really want this on an artifact that doesn't tap to do something else. Like this is great on an e- equipment
3: artifact creature. If you're uh, running the Thirteenth sure, Doctor, because yeah. then it untaps, you could tap it again.
2: That's cool. Yep. I love that idea. Just something. Like, make sure you're putting this on something that it's not eating up your mana. You don't want to spend five mana to, like, make a land, tap for one more and cascade. Yeah. Um, there are ways to really optimize what you put this on. Uh, This next one is great, especially with a 13th Doctor as the commander. It's Danny Pink. Three and a blue for a human soldier advisor. He's a 4-3 with mentor. Whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on target. Attacking creature with lesser power. It's the opposite of training. Because he's... He's the trainer. All right. And then it says creatures you control have whenever one or more counters are put on this creature for the first time each turn, draw a card. Crazy. Yeah. It's four mana. Whenever whenever one or more counters are put on this creature, so if you put a plus one counter on Danny, you draw a card. When you put a plus one counter on another creature, you draw a card for that creature. If and this deck wants to be spreading out exactly. plus one plus one counters. Yeah. It's really, really strong, going to give you a ton of card advantage on a pretty good body that's going to buff your team.
3: They've done this with a few uh, cards lately. Like There's uh, one whenever you cast an insert, or sorcerer, you draw a card, whenever you make a token, draw a card. Mm. And I love them all.
2: I love yeah. them all. I mean, they're <laughs> commander engines.
3: And then the card that I mentioned at the beginning, the Flux, uh, it's a Saga for two, a red, and a red. Um, it has six chapters. First chapter is the flux deals four damage to target creature and opponent controls. Two through five are exile the top card of your library, you may play that card this turn. And then chapter six is add six red mana to your mana pool. So all of them are great, especially with the 13th doctor, those chapters two through five really help you get ahead. Um, The first chapter helps you deal with a problem. And then that last chapter helps you do something big, which is cool.
2: This is exactly how I want my sagas to be. I want it to come down, do a thing right away, yep. and then generate value as it just lives on the battlefield. And this is exactly that, and it gives you a little like pop of mana when it goes away. Yeah. Ton of fun, really, really strong in this deck.
3: Can I open up space and time a little bit and ask yeah. you, would this work in the timey wimey deck could you go back chapters and forward chapters with timey wimey these
2: are lore counters Weak. they are not time counters i know it is a
3: would have been a cool concept they were time counters? yeah ugh,
2: i would have been yeah i would have been all about sagas um, okay. So we've talked about the best cards in the deck. We've talked about everything that comes in this box off the shelf. There's only one thing left to do and that is upgrade this deck. We're going to add 10 cards using a budget of $50. But first, we're going to have a few words from our sponsors.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find
3: You're browsing for some new
1: tech? Yeah, I'm building Team Mountain Architect.
3: Ooh, how about Zergo and Ojitai? Did you just drag and drop that card image directly into your deck? Yep, with Architect, you can drag and drop card images from EDH Rec or Scryfall directly into the deck list. No typing required. That is so cool. Ooh, okay, check this out. I'm gonna drag and drop Dragon Storm into the deck, and then boom, I'm gonna drop a bunch of dragons on the battlefield. A nine drop, huh? Seems ambitious. It was just for the pun. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash commandzone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash commandzone.
2: Welcome back, everybody. We are upgrading the Paradox Power pre-con. It is Teamer. It is Cats from Exile. It is plus one, plus one counters and untapped stuff. We're doing a lot, and we're doing it well? Yeah, I think so. But there's always things that can be patched up in a deck out of the box. So I want to take a moment to talk about what are what we were trying to fix with these 10 upgrades. So, yep. yeah, like what did, what did you feel like the deck was missing when you played it on game nights?
3: Uh, when I was playing it on game nights, it did feel like, you know, and a lot of these precons have this problem of finishers, uh, definitely needed a few more finishers. Uh, so I was looking to add a few more of those.
2: Yeah, cards that like if you draw them, you're like, I'm going to slam them and it's going to take over the game in a quick sort of succinct way Uh, would be nice in a deck like this. Um, And I think just sort of zeroing in on the cast from exile strategy and just being like, that's what we're doing. We're going to simplify a lot of this deck and and really focus around the 13th doctor Um, could go a long way for this deck.
3: Yeah, totally. The cast from Exile is what it's all about. Uh,
2: yeah, I um. The other thing I wanted to mention with these, because I, I talked about it with a lot of the Doctor Who decks, is they are flavor forward. The like the Doctor Who decks are designed for Doctor Who fans. They all of the all of the characters are built around all all around the characters in the show. All of the the sagas are built around the actual episodes. And that means that the decks mechanically feel a little disjointed. Um, every once in a while you you would draw a card that you're just like, what is this doing in here? This doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing, but it has everything to do with Dr. Who. Right. So a lot of what we're doing with these upgrades are just making sure that the decks play smoothly. We're removing some of those bumps that are like, get in the way of tight synergy. And, um, just making sure everything is sort of working together. So that's a lot of what this upgrade is going to do.
3: It's a very important point too, because if you do got, buy these out of the box, they are very much, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you're going to love the combinations of things that can happen. Um, but yeah, they are not as streamlined as other pre-cons. Yeah,
2: even the Lord of the Rings pre-cons, which were very flavor forward, I thought. Yeah. Um, they're super sweet and there's definitely some individual amazing cards, but there's a lot of you. synergy is really important to add when you're upgrading these decks. Yes. All right. Let's kick it off with some big boys. We wanted finishers. We Here they are.
3: So starting with Maelstrom Wanderer at $2, it says five red Red, blue, green, five rug for a seven, five elemental creatures. You control have haste and cascade cascade.
2: Oh, this is doing it all for you. Yeah.
3: Cause cascade counts as casting from anywhere other than your hand. Sure does. So now you get haste on all your creatures that enter the battlefield and you get two triggers at eight CMC, which is huge of, okay, cast from exile, cast something. You now put a plus one plus one counter on something that untaps that just the Again, the synergy is incredible.
2: And this is a great board in the box. Like if there's a board wipe and you're trying to recover, you can slam a Maelstrom Wanderer and all of a sudden you've got a board again.
3: And it's, they have haste. Maelstrom Wanderer is like one of the best in that situation. It's you know?
2: really, really good with um, with Yasmin too because giving her haste goes a long way. Yes, This next one is similar. It's big. It's bad. It's cascading four times. It's Apex Devastator uh, sitting at twenty three dollars. It's expensive. Uh, It is eight green green for a ten ten chimera hydra and it says Cascade, 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 Cascade.
3: (laughs) It's awesome. It's it's awesome. awesome. It feels so
2: fun. Even when you whiff, it just feels sick.
3: Agreed. Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent. I remember when this card came out I was like, oh, this is the this is the Timmy card. Yeah. Right? Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's this is the Jimmy card.
2: Such a fun, it's such a fun mana sink and it's like we said it's it just goes really well with the deck. It gives you four cast from exile triggers in one single card into an explosive board state in a deck that really wants to be big and explosive and fast. Yep. The team or way. Yeah. Uh this next one as gone in many pre-cons. Yes.
3: Itali Primal Storm, just a, a classic at this point. It, it's the <laughs> gift that keeps, the dinosaur that keeps on giving. He's
2: still great,
3: though. It's still amazing. Yeah. Four red red for a 6-6 six, six Elder Dinosaur. Whenever Itali Pl- Primal Storm attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. Then you may cast any number of spells from among those cards without paying their mana costs. Rah! It's insane. He's if you Maelstrom Wander into this, and then you're attacking first turn, giving Atali Haste is just insane.
2: Yeah, I mean, this deck doesn't have a ton of great ways to get a, give Atali Haste, which is really where it's best. But giving this deck just threat after threat after threat is like really where where it wants to live.
3: Oh, Atali should be wearing a, a Santa Claus hat. As far as I'm concerned, in this deck, it's yeah. amazing.
2: He's really really strong for only seventy five cents. Can't go wrong. Wanted to add a little bit of plus one, plus one counter synergy. Um, This deck does produce a decent amount of plus one, plus one counters. A lot. And can really, like, really wants to turn them into even more value. And there's a lot of cool cards to do that.
3: Yeah. This one's really cool because you can untap it uh, with their ability. It's Hangerback Walker at $1.75. It's an XX. Construct artifact creature construct hangerback walker enters the battlefield with x plus one plus one counters on it. When hangerback walker dies, create a one one colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying for each one one counter on hangerback walker, and then pay one and tap it. Put a plus one plus one counter on hangerback walker. It's a base zero zero, so you have to at least put two mana into it. But once you get it out there, you can keep. You untap it on your untap step or on your end step. So you're able to double up the counters on it essentially every turn. And by the time it dies, you have all these flying thopters, which if you supported the recent Kickstarter, you're thrilled because they're me. <laughs> <laughs> Look
2: but, at all these Craig's I made. Yeah,
3: exactly. But it really is an incredible, incredible engine.
2: Yeah, I mean, your commander just puts plus one counters on it and wear better than a hanger back walker. Yep. If you it it ge- gives you this threat that keeps growing and you're like I got to get stop getting hit by this hangerback walker and and then they remove it and you're like ah it's 100 bees yep it's um uh, hangerback walker is still a classic and quite good in this deck for only $1.75 yep uh this one is my favorite card to put on plus one plus one counter decks and I don't love plus one plus one counter decks it's Sharkto crab two green and blue for a shark octopus crab yes it has an activated ability that's two, a green, and a blue. Adapt one. It says, if this creature has no plus one counters on it, put a plus one counter on it. Pfft, we're not going to pay that. Whenever one or more plus one, plus one counters are put on shark to crab, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. It's a four, four. Four mana for four. Every time you put a counter on it from your with your commander, you sleep something. <laughs>
3: It is very effective.
2: And you have these huge creatures that you're just like, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way, smack.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you are. You're making a lot of big beaters here. You're not wrong that uh, you're you're going tall, not wide. Yeah. Yeah. And so tapping down other people's things that can block is is effective.
2: The last category of cards that we are adding here are some classics in the cast from exile sort of realm of... of commander decks uh these are all sort of staples in as far as i'm concerned if your deck says whenever you cast from exile you're running at least three of these starting with the best one it's delayed blast fireball
3: Yeah, this card's incredible. One red red for an instant. Delayed Blast Fireball deals two damage to each opponent and each creature they control. If this spell was cast from Exile, it deals five damage to each opponent and each creature they control instead. You can foretell it for four red red, uh, but in a lot of instances, you're going to be able to play this from Exile just with your deck. So...
2: Three mana Three mana. Board wipe that deals five to each opponent at it's instant. Pretty speed crazy. So <laughs> it's this is the one outrageous. board is, wipe. Yeah. I don't consider this a board wipe. We, is added, we added this as, 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 is added as a board wipe. It is added as a
3: board wipe, but in my cause I need to be able to say that I don't play board wipes.
2: This is a win con. There we go. It's a, it's a burn <laughs> spell. <laughs> I like that. Delayed Blast Fireball is awesome. It's a $6 card, and it's worth every penny. Every time I've cast it, I'm like, wow, that feels broken.
3: Instant speed, too. Yeah, Not right? to be trifled with. Oh. Yeah, it's really, I do this. It's really, oh. <laughs> mm. In response, yeah. Always get something.
2: Really quite good. Uh, this next one is, does double duty in the deck. It's Wild Magic Sorcerer. Three and a red for an orc shaman. It's a 4-3. The first spell you cast from exile each turn has Cascade. Do we need to? Just doubles more? it up. Yeah, it's That's amazing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Put a plus one co- counter on something else. Untap that at end of turn. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I and anything you cast from Exile uh, at instance, the first spell you cast from Exile each turn. Yeah. If you cast it at instant speed with like, a, like an instant off a of Yasmin or something like that, you can cascade with that one too.
3: Totally sweet. Very totally cool. Totally sweet.
2: All right. What's this next one? Next
3: one is Passionate
2: Archaeologist.
3: This is an incredible card. If you don't have it, you should take a look. It's one in a red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever you cast a spell from exile, this creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target opponent.
2: This is a $10 card, and it's worth it. In this deck it is, absolutely. It says Commander creatures you own have.
3: So both of them trigger.
2: Both of them have it. Yeah, this gives the ability to both... Of your commanders, which means anytime you cast a spell from Exile, you deal that much damage twice. Twice,
3: that's awesome.
2: Pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, so both of your commanders will be taking up archaeology uh, if you decide to add this. It card. seems in
3: line with their personalities too. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're like, I doctors are intrepid. They're explorers. Uh, this next one is a imperfect synergy with your commander because it has a lot of the same text. It's Kami of Celebration. It's four and a red for a spirit. It says whenever a modified creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn, uh, modified for those who didn't play during Kamigawa. It means if it has a plus one counter on it, if it is enchanted or if it is equipped in this case, likely has a counter on it. Uh, and then it says, whenever you cast a spell from exile, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Pretty amazing. So now you're devying out even more counters. You're untapping all of your stuff because of your commander. You're drawing or impulse drawing more cards with the Kami. It's it's all online now.
3: The only thing I don't like about this card is the image.
2: It is a I don't know unsettling. what about it, but it's, it's just unsettling. Like a, yeah. It's a live jingle like bell. Like, why the claws? Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime... Something that isn't human gets human hands. I'm a little upset. Fair enough.
3: You know, I I have not liked the image on this card. All the commies. They're so weird.
2: (laughs) They are. They're so weird. (laughs) They're supposed to be a little creepy. I think
3: they've achieved that.
2: All right. We've got one more ad here. Oh, commie celebration is only 50 cents.
3: Cheap. Next one is. Faldorn, Dread Wolf Herald, one red and a green for a three, three human druid. Whenever you cast a spell from exile or a land enters the battlefield under your control from exile, create a two, two green wolf creature token. Then you can pay one and tap them, discard a card, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. So they work with themselves where you can discard a card, play the card from exile. Now you get the thing, make a wolf. But also every time you do that with Yasmin Khan or anybody else, you make a wolf, you play a land. That's the best part. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome.
2: I built a Faldorn deck for a while and the, you create a lot of wolves really fast and you're like, it's a two-two. What can it do? And you're like, well, I'm putting counters on it. It's getting bigger. Uh, Faldorn is a great just engine piece. It's a real threat in a box and it's only three mana.
3: Three mana is huge.
2: It also has this activated ability, which you would think is really, really good with your commander, uh, but it only allows you to cast that card this turn. You may play it this turn. So if you use it at instant speed, like you can use it on your turn and then untap it to block, but you can't really use it at instant speed unless you know what's on top of your library and you know it's an instant.
3: Okay, fair enough. So use Fowlthorn as a blocker.
2: Yeah. Yep. yeah just jump yep. <laughs> just just jump with faldorn uh she's only a dollar 25 it's also very good with all the flashback cards in the deck which i was going to mention oh spice yeah, yeah yeah there's like a lot of flashback cards because that means because you didn't cast it yeah uh from your hand uh okay the total of this upgrade is 46 dollars 25 so the bulk of that is cascading four times
3: <laughs> Almost enough for a pack.
2: Almost enough. Yes, yeah, seven bucks. You pick, pick yourself up something nice. Um, Forty-six dollars twenty-five cents. Pretty good. Uh, if you don't want to spend this entire budget, obviously, just not buying the Apex Devastator will go a long way. Yes, indeed. um All right, we are going to take out ten cards. We've added ten cards, which means we have to make room. That's the uh, the way of Commander. The good thing about these Doctor Who decks is there are a lot of really sweet cards that really don't go with the deck. So you can pull them right out. (laughs) Starting with this. uh, We don't usually read the cards to take out, but so many of them are new that we are going to read the new ones. Just so you uh, get to know them a little bit better because some of them are pretty sweet. Yep.
3: The first one is new. It is Bill Potts. Take them out. Take them out. It's three and a red for a 2-4 human. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Bill Potts or activate an ability that targets only Bill Potts, copy that spell or ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. Thank God. Doctor's (laughs) Companion. This is exactly what I don't like seeing in Commander, which is Zada-like abilities.
2: Forget that. It only triggers once. Thank God. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bill uh, is of an ilk of many very powerful commander cards Uh, this deck isn't doing that so it's not very good in this deck I think there's like three or four cards that target just a single creature that's not a removal spell yeah uh, this next one is sort of bizarre, but very interesting in, uh, junk decks. It's Dan Lewis, one in a red for a human. He's a two, two. It says non-creature, non-equipment artifacts. You control our equipments in addition to their other types and have equipped creature gets plus one plus O oh, and equip one. It also has doctor's companion. So you can like turn your clues into little, like, plus like little plus one plus o oh equipments if you want but they're
3: not counters like in this deck you want them to be counters you, you want, want them to want be counters
2: yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't work in the deck at yeah. all but it's clever it is and i'm sure it has something to do with dan lewis let us know <laughs> let us know dr who fans
3: <laughs> <laughs> the next one is return the past it's a uh, enchantment for four a red red As long as it's your turn, each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. Its flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. Amazing card in other decks.
2: Yeah, we've got like 24, 23 uh, uh, instants and sorceries in this deck. And I don't like that they get marginally better after you pay six mana for an enchantment that doesn't do anything.
3: Agreed. Else. The instance and sorceries that come in this deck are not good enough to run this card. But
2: yeah, we're just not uh, built around
3: it that much. But this card in an instance or sorceries deck is pretty sweet. Very, very sweet. So if you're building your second deck, put this one in it.
2: Yeah. The next one is a saga. It's Fugitive of the Judoon. Four and a green for a saga. It's got three chapters. The first is create a 1-1 one, one white human creature token with ward two and a 4-4 four, four white alien rhino creature token which I'm sure has something to do with the episode. And then chapter two is investigate. And chapter three is you may exile a human you control and an artifact you control. If you do search your library for a doctor and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Okay.
3: Pretty straightforward.
2: So you, may <laughs> <laughs> you make a human, the human has a ward and then you make a rhino also. And then, a, and then you make a clue token and then you exile the doctor and the human and an artifact so maybe the clue the human you made and the clue you made to go get a doctor and put it into play (sighs) Um, (laughs) what don't you get (laughs) it's <laughs> this card. I had to read it so many times. Uh, we're not doing a lot with these, with for these creatures. For five mana
3: too. It's, it's like, very hey, slow. Put five
2: mana into this and in three
3: turns you can have a doctor. You'll have a doctor.
2: I mean you make a 4-4 four, four right away but it's like a five mana 4-4 four, four, and a 1-1 one, one, and then a clue. We're not really doing a token thing uh, and I, I just think the deck doesn't take advantage of that first chapter enough to really warrant it. Yeah you need um, chapter
3: manipulation for this card to be worth it i think yeah
2: for sure you just want to keep making rhinos right that yeah seems i think sweet.
3: so i think so
2: yeah i i think there's definitely homes for this deck and it's not this one for me yep oh this one's sad it is sad but it's so sweet that's why we take
3: it out i know so five and a red for a five five this is carvis carvanista loyal lupari it's <laughs> legendary creature alien dog soldier it's uh it's what do you call these tales adventures? adventures it's got an adventure that is one in a green humans you control gain indestructible and until end of turn that's a sorcery or you can play it for its regular creature side which is vigilance trample haste five five whenever carvestina attacks put a plus one plus one counter on each human you control
2: I love this card. I think you should take it out yeah, of this deck, and you should build a mono green human stack with your dog commander. I think that's incredible. I really like. I think it's fun, and I there's eleven humans in this deck, total, and we are cutting two of them: Bill Potts, Dan Lewis. Uh, well, we're cutting another one yep. later. Later. Um, but yeah, Carvanis is sweet, and it's too narrow for the deck. Yep. All right, I'll it's do it. It's a
3: dog one. though, so that's cool.
2: I know I'm not supposed to cut this person. I, she is important, and I'm very sorry that she's being cut. You can you could build her also. It's River Song. It's one a blue and a red for a human time lord rogue. She's a two two. It says meet in reverse is her first ability. You draw cards from the bottom of your library rather than the top. And spoilers, whenever an opponent scries, surveils, or searches their library, put a plus one, plus one counter on River Song. Then River Song deals damage to that player equal to its power. Um, we can't take advantage of the drawing from the bottom thing. Right. Really? Yep. Um, and... We can't really make an opponent scry or surveil or search their library. Uh, so hypothetically, they will do that. But I don't like running cards that rely on my opponent doing something.
3: Yeah, especially, I mean, it scales high, It scales better the higher uh, the competitive level at your table. So people who have fetch lands, this is really good against. Yeah. But people who are not running fetch lands and stuff like that, it's tough to really rely on that. Really, right. fetch lands is the only one that you can rely on softly yeah. in that
2: river's good like you could keep putting counters on her and just be like don't you ke- like she'll get big enough that eventually they can't their library right. um but i i just don't think it's quite good enough in the environment that we would expect these decks to play in so uh y- y'all can tell me what else to cut in the comments if you'd like um we're also cutting her diary <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll this read is Riversong Erasure. So, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> so, Riversong's Diary is a three mana artifact. Has imprint. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell from their hand, exile it instead of putting it into their graveyard as it resolves. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are four or more cards exiled with the Riversong's Diary, choose one of them at random. You may cast it without paying its mana cost. I mean,. Cool concept, kind of similar to uh, oh, almost um,
2: like a uh, thought thought, not a thought vessel, like vat, a knowledge. The pool. mimic vat, mimic vat, sure. almost yeah, similar to mimic imprint, vat, yeah. except
3: they don't fall out, which is cool.
2: Yeah. I, I like the idea of this card. And yeah. I think when you read it, you're like, everybody's going to cast instants and Sorceries and I'm going to get to cast them later. And I think yeah. as soon as it comes down, your opponents just don't really cast instants and Sorceries. Right. Yeah, yeah, nobody's searching their
3: library. Nobody's demonic tutoring once you did this.
2: Yeah, yeah. they don't want to give you whatever they're casting. They don't want to exile it under your thing. So I think it'll just make them, dissuade them from casting instants and Sorceries. So you really kind of have to fuel this yourself um so you cast this three mana artifact and then you have to cast probably at least three instants and sorceries yourself just to get this to do anything
3: because you need four right
2: right so it's just i i don't think you can count on your opponents just being like ah, i'm gonna ramp a growth anyway and throwing it under there and you getting a free rampant growth every turn it's going to take a little bit longer to get this thing moving
3: to your point it is more advantageous the sooner you get it out but you're definitely right late game this is you know you're waiting turns i, I agree with yeah. 100 percent
2: uh, the next one is the Fugitive Doctor. We ta- read her before. Um, the instants and Sorceries in this deck just aren't really big enough. They really, really want to cast them twice, right. uh, especially if you need to sack a clue to do it and attack with this uh, with this five mana creature. So it's um, it doesn't quite work in this deck. I think it's worth it if you're running a deck that has like eight mana instants and Sorceries, exactly like right. huge things you want to flashback. Then it's awesome.
3: Yep. If you're running Sunbirds Invocation, maybe the Fugitive Doctor. Yeah, cool. Uh, th- oh, my. Why do you give me the hard pronunciation ones? <laughs> Thijarian th- th- Witness. Thijarian Witness. We're gonna yeah, call it that. that works for me. It's uh, one in a green for a 04 alien cleric. It has Flash and Bear Witness. Whenever another creature dies, if it was attacked or blocked, blocking alone, exile exile it and investigate. So if it was attacking alone, it goes away.
2: If it was attacking alone and dies, then you get a clue. You exile it and then get a clue. Yeah, whenever another creature dies, if it was attacking or blocking alone, exile it and, and investigate.
3: I'm trying to think of a good scenario, and I it's can't. It's really
2: narrow. <laughs> I, I mean, like, if, if you attack, like, you're like... All it's right.
0: like,
3: oh, maybe Rafiq. No, if no. it gets exiled, you want to recast that. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it's, it's like... If, if you just have a chump attack or something like that, like if, if somebody chump blocks, I think is the best example. You're like, I attack them with a 6-6. They throw a 1-1 under the bus. Then yeah. you can flash this in and be like, exile your 1-1 and I get a clue. <laughs> uh, but it's very narrow. It's, it's like you have to be in the exact right situation. And on top of it, it's just a zero four, 4 So it doesn't really have an impact on the board as its own little boy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Probably not worth a guard. Uh, this final one is lunar hatchling four a green and a blue for a six, six alien beast with flying and trample. It has basic land cycling too. So you can discard it, go search a library for a basic of any color, put it into your hand. It also has escape four green and a blue comma exile, a land you control comma exile, five other creatures from your graveyard. Uh, so what that means is you can discard it from your hand, go go get a land, and then uh, toward the end of the game you can cast this for its escape cost, which is hefty. Uh that is hefty. 6 mana, exiling a land plus exiling five, five other from things from the graveyard.
3: You got to have that
2: in. Your for like applying yeah. trample 6/6, six, six, which is a huge threat. It is, especially but,
3: with plus 1 plus 1 counters. I get it, but like it's just not like you're saying, it's just so late game that what are you doing?
2: Yeah, I it's the exiling five other other cards from your graveyard that right. I think is you really can't really rely on for that this, right. for this deck. Like you're not milling yourself, you're not you're not making enough lands that you're definitely like yeah I don't care about exiling a land necessarily. Yeah, it's it, the cost is just really brutal. And in other decks like in Sidisi, I probably look at this card. Yeah, because that's huge and sweet to copy, and uh, you can cast it from your graveyard. But in this deck, I don't think it's quite as reliable. Agreed. Okay. We've taken 10 cards out. We've put 10 cards in. That means there's a brand new shiny deck ready to play at your next game night. Uh, I want to talk about how this deck plays now. Yeah. Uh, now that we've made the upgrade and a little bit about just how it played on game nights and what like what strategy did you use or uh, to play the deck well? Uh, I mean, I think the
3: strategy is just kind of laid out on the commander. It's basically try and cast as many things from exile, get Yasmin out as soon as possible so that you get around the summoning sickness. Uh, And then you try and use that combination of Yasmin and the 13th doctor to... Just generate value. You know, there are a lot of cards in here that uh, the plus one, plus one counters mean things um, and those you want to target first. Um, But I think with these, you know, with these additions, you know, all the cascade that we added and stuff like that, I think is going to really help speed up this deck uh, and make it have a little bit sharper teeth um, because it seemed a bit... You know as we've pointed out a bit discombobulated at times uh sometimes a bit confused in its path forward um a lot of the cards you know when you look at them you're like oh, i remember this episode oh this is cool mm. oh yeah they're gonna you know and sometimes you can get cool interactions uh but the this deck if you're looking for something more streamlined you really need to put some effort into changing it
2: yeah I, I agree. I think you're really like, this is a grindy deck um, yep. and you're going to use one of your, your big top end pieces to really close the door on the win, but you're just going to outvalue your opponents. You're going to draw more cards. You're going to hit every land drop. You're going to make sure that you that you have a board and you're not over committing to the board is a huge danger of decks like this. Um, that and
3: is the really nice thing about this deck is that you can... You know, you you are constantly doing things. You are constantly, you know, uh, drawing cards. You are constantly feeling like you're doing something, which a lot of, you know, a lot of times isn't the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like this, this deck and this commander combination will cause you to... I don't want to say always have a good time, but always feel like you're doing something. Yeah. Which is definitely not always the case for
2: Commanders. Game actions are the name of the game in Commander. If like if you're always seeing more cards and you have that in the command zone, and you're doing it in a way that isn't particularly threatening, like, I don't think you would remove Yasmin. Right. Maybe you remove the 13th Doctor because they're untapping all your creatures every turn, but Agree, like, that's the threat. Right. But I, th- but Yasmin just lets you draw an extra card every turn and keeps you seeing more cards and having more uh, choices that you get to make than your opponents, which is going to make your game plan works smoother and you guys know why card advantage is good. Uh, (laughs) The other thing we noticed is keep an eye out for flying threats. This deck doesn't have a lot of great ways to deal with them. Um, There was like a couple of flyers in the deck and we did remove one of the big ones. So um, use your removal carefully. Like I wouldn't remove as many value pieces in this deck. I would remove more like sky threats that will kill you before you can outgrind someone. So uh cool i think this deck's really sweet i think it's one of the more synergistic builds honestly out of the out of the precons um it plays the best out of the box well it it, close the masters of evil one is very strong It
3: it is very strong yeah
2: um but it's uh it's got some very cool engines going on so hope you guys enjoy this deck. To the listeners, what did you think of the Paradox Power precon? Uh, Doctor Who fans, are you a fan? Like, what what cards in this deck did you love? That you were like, ah, oh, this is a sweet flavor win because they make food because they love eggs or something. Um, I don't know Doctor Who that well, especially not the, this era of Doctors. Uh, any cards that we missed? Any, any cards that we suggested to take out or add that you disagree with? Is there something better to take out than River Song? I really did break my heart to cut her. She seems like she's it feels like she goes better in the Timey Wimey precon. Like she's yeah. the tenth Doctor's lady, right? I think. Then you could just take her out and put her in the other one. Cool. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think this
3: uh, this thirteenth Doctor too. They uh, happened during the pandemic.
2: Yeah. So they had to
3: take like a ten episode series and shrink it down into oh man a quite a, quite a few less than ten. And from what I understand, there were quite a few gaps. That were created there. Uh, So I'm interested to know if there's any cards in here that actually pertain to things that were were not completely revealed in the series uh, in that season, Mm -hmm. but are part of the overall lore of that season, if that makes sense.
2: Cool. I love that. Yeah. Uh, also, if there's a cool episode uh, that showcases the twelfth or thirteenth Doctor, let us know in the comments. It's always fun to check out the the different seasons. Uh, okay, we talked about a lot of magic cards today. You can pick all of those up while supporting the show at cardkingdom.com/command. Pick up this precon and all of the Doctor Who precons at Card Kingdom. They have a great selection of sealed product. And singles. I like shopping at Card Kingdom, especially when I'm building a new deck or upgrading a precon because I can buy everything I'm looking for in one place. I can get the 10 cards that we suggested to add. I can buy the pre-con. I know that they're gonna show up like it within a couple of days of each other, maybe even in one box, and I can start sleeving and I can start playing right away. The last thing I want to be doing when I'm buying magic cards is being worried about where they are or what condition they're gonna show up in or what they're gonna be taped to. I really appreciate the professionalism behind Card Kingdom and I love that I can always trust the cards I order there are going to show up safe and sound and on time. Again, support the show and pick up some of the sweet new Doctor Who cards at cardkingdom.com slash command. And once those cards are in your hand, of course, you're going to need to protect them. Go over to ultrapro.com slash command to get all of the highest quality magic accessories in the game. I'm very particular about how I store and sort my cards and Ultrapro makes it so I trust that my collection is safe and organized. Plus, when we're traveling to one Magikon or another, I always know that my decks are going to travel safe.
3: Speaking of Magikons, actually, yeah. at the most recent Magikon in Vegas, we premiered Ultrapro's new sleeves. Yeah. called the apex they're it's, awesome they're amazing so they keep your really eye out good. for those uh we were the first people to have them with our logos on them and with our designs on them but uh keep an eye out for them because they will be releasing later this year we're told
2: can't wait i'm gonna keep my eyes out for them again go to ultrapro.com slash command to support the show and keep your cards safe all right We've talked about a lot of magic today. Let's talk about something outside the world of magic. Yeah. What have you been doing, Craig? What have you been watching?
3: Uh I've been so I've heard good things about the the show Deadwood. And so I started good. watching it about a week ago. And I'm through most of the first season, I just got through the Kristen Bell episode. Okay. And I'm I'm addicted. Like it's this so show good. is amazing. Like the the Following Wild Bill Hickok and then like, you know, it's HBO. So it's just done really well. It's not a family friendly show. It is definitely not. uh, But it's just fun to watch. It's, uh, you know, uh, great cast. The, The situations that they're put in, you know, I'm not used to seeing this so I'm like wait what's going on there why are they and then it comes around and you're like oh man to live in that time you really got to think about things from all different directions and uh, yeah pretty the crazy The show the show's so impressive
2: it's like the the writing is so beautiful and sort of lyrical but it's also extremely crass yeah and and but it like it sounds almost shakespearean because they have a very specific rhythm and tone of talking that you're just not used to in television shows and then many of the actors are like stage actors so they're big and like very like very talented actors and uh it's always fun to watch Timothy Oliphant struggle to keep up with like these <laughs> renowned, talented actors, because <laughs> he's great. He's but he's which, young in this show. Which
3: one's Timothy Oliphant? He's, he's the sheriff. Okay. Okay. Or he's like
2: the young, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, young, pretty man. Yeah,
3: the guy who's a, okay. I and exactly he's and about.
2: he's young in this show, so nope. he, he just doesn't have his chops yet. So there's a couple of scenes. <laughs> Where he's just pretty wooden, and he's acting with, like, some of the best actors on the planet. <laughs> and you're like, you can do it, Timothy. I'm going to have to <laughs> keep my eye open
3: for this, because I have not noticed that. He's, I'm the type of person great. that when I watch something, I'm I'm the best critic. Right. I'm like, I watch something, and I'm like, I thought it was great. And then I look at Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, did you see how they didn't do this and then they why didn't they and i'm like oh i enjoyed it yeah
2: (laughs) i didn't notice
3: (laughs) so i'll have to keep an eye out for that but that's interesting everybody else you're not wrong it's like amazing amazing actors and actresses and yeah kristen bell you know i thought it was going in one way and then it went a completely different way and i was floored
2: yeah it's a really, really fun show. If you haven't seen Deadwood yet, please check it out uh, at your own discretion because it is not a clean I, show, but it's It's awesome. like
3: 20 years old. It so I'm, I'm very late to the game here, but I was they looking made a for movie. something to watch. Did that? There's a movie after the show, yeah. All right. Almost like Breaking Bad.
2: And you do have to watch it. it. Is is it worth it? Worth okay. It. It's not the it's really
3: like, uh, El Camino or whatever? No, it's good. Okay.
2: All right. Before we go, we're going to say thank you to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Thank you to Damon Lentz, Eric Lem, Megan Yip, Garov Galati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Block, Arthur Meadowcroft, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, Gabriel Pozos, Josh Lee Kwai, Jimmy Wong, and of course to Craig Lanchette, you're very busy right now. I appreciate you taking the time to do the upgrade.
3: Yeah. I'm Glad uh, Vegas went well. And uh, it was great to see all of you over there. Uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome times.
2: Yeah. Uh, And uh, if you haven't watched the Game Nights, go watch Craig play this deck on our episode of Game Nights.
3: Maybe in for a surprise. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com.
1: Or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs)